And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Thank you very much, and welcome back once again, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you, John Bon Jovial, for bringing open the doors to another hour of music and madness here on the David Bowers Awards, where every show is an award show, which makes all of our guests award winners, like, well, like, for example, our first guest, who is a previous award winner. She's been on, I don't know, two, three times at least. We haven't heard from her for a while. She's taking a little time off to go get married, have a baby. We'll have to see if we can't get her back on the show because I'm sure she's got some great stories to tell us, but she's got a great new release out, and I knew you want to hear it, so we're going to play it for you right now. She is Michaela, and this is her brand-new tune, a little bit different for her. It's called Pieces.
you have it. That's Michaela. What a different sound for her, right, John Bon Jovial? I tell you what, I'm loving it. Uh, you know, this is so different and such a departure from Michaela. This is, I mean, she's always been great as a hardcore rocker, but this has a melodic tone to her voice, and it's like a, in a storytelling sense. Yeah, it's kind of dark. And it is dark, but, I, you know, it, you, you take that out of the mix if that's even possible. I don't know that you want to with this song. But her voice to me is so rich and so pure in this. And I've always oh, detected and, that in the other stuff that she's done, but she's always done that hardcore, hard on your yeah. throat rock and roll stuff, right, which is exactly. fine. Yeah. But this this balloting, uh, yeah, if you want to call it that, it's yeah, a nice it is, departure it for her. I, I do like it. It's a definite departure for her. I, I, really, I really would love to get her back on the show and talk to her about how she came up with this because it is such a departure for her. Really uh, a dark, yeah, kind of eerie sound. And it, it's kind of haunting. I uh, I like it. It's it's just uh, caught me by surprise when I first heard it. And uh, I said, hey, we got to put this on the show and see how people like it. Speaking of liking things, how are you liking the how are you liking things down in the swamp lot lately? Well, it looks like we're going to get another tropical storm of sorts uh, oh, here in the next five or six days. Oh yes, you know the, one of the one of the truly great things about living in Florida is stressing every year over whether your uh, roof is going to be ripped off of your house. You know, <laughs> well, you it, just it, got a new it, one it, to rip off. It's so. a thrill ride, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we just had, got a new uh, roof on the house, and so yeah, that, right. that's we 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 got we got very fortunate with that because the insurance uh, covered it for something other than a hurricane. Because uh, you know, I don't know about other parts of the world, but you know, when you when you mention when you put Naples and Florida next to each other, then the automatic reaction by any vendor, regardless of who it is, Naples, Florida. Oh, you're rich. Yeah, we're going to charge you more. Well, that's, yeah. it's not only that; it's, not it's always the insurance. Case. The insurance, uh, you know, you get into a place where hurricanes are are obviously, you know, it's going to happen. And so they don't include that in the basic policy. You got to get extra coverage for for a hurricane. You have I to mean. get extra coverage for it. But and the thing is, with hurricane coverage in Florida, the way state law is written is that your standard deductible. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, you have a five hundred dollar deductible on your homeowner's insurance. Mm -hmm. Well, a hurricane is different. Depending upon the coverage that you buy, your deductible is either 5% or 2% of the perceived value of the house. And so, for example, yeah. if you have a, uh, let's say your house is worth $450,000 and you have a 5% deductible, you know, on the surface, that doesn't, 5%, that's not too bad until you do the math and figure out, you know, $22,500 deductible, that's kind of a killer. <laughs> <laughs> not the kind of pocket change you usually carry around with you as you're strolling kind down of chump the change I got. <laughs> <laughs> really, I heard that. Well, we've got to change because we got a lot of music here today. we got a lot of good stuff for you. A couple of uh, returning guests, and we're going to get to our first guest in uh, just a couple of minutes, right after we listen to this latest release from Linda Marks. And uh, we're going to get to it right now. It's called Monuments of Love, and here it is. Monuments. 
And there you have it, Linda Marks. Hello, Linda. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing fine. Thank you. So glad to have you back here with us. It's been a while. I know. It's a real pleasure. We've had a pandemic in between. Oh, we've had a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we uh, were shut down with the pandemic. And uh, from what I hear and see, that did not stop you because you have an awful lot of things going on, uh, happening to happen in the near future, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive right into it if you don't mind, because uh, I want to hear about this. Now you you're putting if I've got this straight, you had a couple of albums you were working on when the pandemic shut down most everything, and as a result of that, you have a three album triple album release program. Well, virtually in process. You had uh, what? You had one show. Uh, about a week or so ago, with more in the works. Yes. Well, I, I actually was planning to do a double album release show at the end of 2020. And when the world shut down at the beginning of March of 2020, 
the first album, which is called The Piano, it only needed two more tracks before we could master and edit and, well, edit and master. And one was a saxophone track, and I think one was a banjo track, <clears throat> and everything else was in. And my second album called Songs at the Heart of Life was about 80% done. Mm-hmm. And when things shut down, I figured, oh, we'll see how things are. Maybe the studio will open during the summer. But during the summer, it was very clear nothing was going to happen. So Doug Hammer, my sound engineer, who's a technical genius as well as a wonderful musical genius, he figured out a way that the two of us could work remotely to finish the album. So my poor mm-hmm. saxophonist had to figure out how to get good sax recorded remotely, which is a little harder than some other instruments. The banjo was easier. And so we were able to, to release Monuments of, not Monuments of Love, that was the piano. But instead of being released in June, it didn't come out till the fall. And um, Songs at the Heart of Life did come out on time on November 25th. During the pandemic, I found myself quite inspired to write a whole bunch of songs, many with pandemic roots. So Monuments of Love was just released on August 1st. And my second right. pandemic album is called Home. And we're pretty far along on the editing of, of that. That's going to come out again on November 25th, 2021. And I'm now also into working on my 2022 album called Everyday Legends. I've written six of the songs so far for that album. I've got some space to write the rest of them. But it's it's been quite astounding to be creatively productive and then find ways to actually record the albums and orchestrate the albums and get them out there. So on August 1st, that was my triple album release show at a wonderful venue in Boston called The Burr, and it's in Davis Square in Somerville. It was the first time I was able to play live with full band since the pandemic shut the world down. So that was a very special experience. I bet it was, yes, absolutely. I know we've talked to, you know, virtually every artist we've talked to uh, in the last uh, six months has talked about, you know, recovery from the pandemic, what they went through. And of course, many, if not all, were uh, deeply involved in songwriting during that time. Some found, uh, we've Mm -hmm. had a couple of guests who found uh, parts of themselves that they had either, you know, repressed or uh, ignored or didn't even know existed as they got into the creative process of of writing new material. And uh, it's really been interesting from our standpoint of being able to listen to these artists like yourself and hear Uh, Not only what you did, but how you did it, how it influenced you and what you came up with. And you mentioned now uh, some songs that are very deeply rooted in the pandemic itself. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Even Monuments of Love, which you just shared, that song I wrote as I was meditating towards the beginning of the pandemic, saying, what can we create during a pandemic? And as I reflected on it, the answer was Monuments of Love. And so that's where the song came from. It's the title song for my first of the two pandemic albums. And in many ways, people were isolated. They were, you know, they were really having a hard time psychologically as well as practically and in many cases medically. So there's a song I wrote called Kindness that's on the album, realizing just how much that's a quality that we need. When George Floyd was killed, I wrote a song called All One Human Race, which some people have called an anthem for humanity. Um, There were just so many things that were happening and popping up that I just found myself writing songs. A a very important song 
that's on the album, which is the one we'll play at the end of your show, is called Prayers. And I wrote that in the middle of April 2020 when a very close friend of mine who's a singer named Bob DeChico went into the hospital, into the ICU, onto a ventilator with a very bad case of COVID. Mm. And I was just absolutely stunned when that happened. Um, I had just seen him before the world shut down. And so to see the news that he was in the ICU on a ventilator was really, really sad and scary. And he was there for four weeks on the ventilator fighting for his life. Then he was in the hospital for three more weeks um, with double pneumonia and a blood clot in his leg. And they had to try to get him off the feeding tube. Then he went into a rehab facility for 100 days and then was sent home to continue the recovery because it just keeps going on and on. And one Mm -hmm. of the great joys on August 1st at the big show at the Burren was I actually got to play prayers with full band arrangement and Bob DeChico was in the audience so that we could actually play it for him and tell his story live. And that was really special. So um, there are many songs that have stories like that on the album. I wrote a song called Wash Over Me, which is sort of a pandemic spiritual, a song called Chapter 2020, you know, about the most unthinkable time of our lives and hoping Mm -hmm. that the chapter would close with 2021, but it hasn't happened. There there are other songs as well, but those are just a few examples of pandemic-inspired songs that are on the album. Beautiful, wonderful. I can relate in so many ways, not the least of which is I had my own brush with the COVID. Uh, I was blessed with Mm -hmm. a uh, rather mild version of it. I was only in the hospital 10 days. I did have uh, three encore performances, but uh, we have managed to... Mm -hmm. uh, to stay ahead of the game so far. So we're hoping we put that behind much as the rest of the world hopes that we will soon put the whole thing behind us and we'll keep our fingers crossed from that. John Bon Jovial, I know you want to get in here. What you got? Well, yeah, Linda, it is so wonderful to have you back on the show again. We have missed you. And uh, I remember how enjoyable our, you know, our, our, our last yak with each other was. So it's just great mm-hmm. to have you back again. I wanted to expound a little bit on uh, COVID and the personal aspects of it in your life. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you and David touched on it just a little bit now, but uh, you know, in addition to influencing the type of music that you are writing, what kind of stock did you take in yourself, in your personal life, and your relationship with your family and friends? Because you, at least for me anyway, I know that it was like all of a sudden, you know, I had just taken for granted that I would see my wife every day, that I would see my kids, that I would see my friends, that that David and I would Mm -hmm. be able to get together on a regular basis. And all of a sudden that was threatened. How, How did this affect you personally? It affected me at many, many, many levels. You know, uh, I have a couple close friends that got long haul COVID. One of them is one of my best friends from college, and she's a professional flute player. Clearly, I haven't been able to see her because she doesn't live nearby, and I used to visit her every year. And she may never be able to perform and play the flute again, even more than a year after she contracted it. I lost a colleague of mine who, with whom I co-founded a state professional association many years ago. I was shocked about that. It also, my other life besides being a musician is I'm a mind-body psychotherapist, and all of a sudden, I couldn't see people in person. I had to turn to Zoom, 
And I have a woman I've worked with for many years who's 85 years old, and it was a huge thing for her to even work the technology, you know, at a very personal level, my own 25-year-old son was going through an incredibly traumatic time, and it was incredibly painful to have to go through that experience. Um, And I started doing a live stream, and this past live stream, which was yesterday, Sunday, was the 73rd week. It was, it's called Songs from the Heart, Meditations for the Heart. And I was asked to do something to uplift people because most everybody I knew was going through really hard times, whether it was people having parents dying or family in the hospital or themselves in the hospital or just getting long haul COVID. Um, And so I started a live stream and I had no idea that I would be well into my second year of it. And now with the Delta variant surging, I Look, I really think that my live stream predominant way of performing because I've been able to squeeze some live performances in during the warm weather, but Delta is climbing and it's got breakthrough for people who are vaccinated. And I don't know that it's going to be safe to play music inside um, or to play music and gather in groups of people as the weather gets colder again. So the whole theme of isolation and the importance of live streaming you know, both to take care of our own well-being, our own hearts and souls, and to support others. There's so many different ways that the pandemic changed everything. And I can say my dog and my cats have appreciated that I'm home all the time. You know, I used to drive my car. I used to gig out, you know, from three to sometimes seven times a week. And to, to just have all the gigs be at home at the upright piano. I also had a Tuesday night one. And I also started, instead of running the house concert series that I had run for six and a half years in my own modest home, I started doing um, some of them live. And the, Mm -hmm. the upside of that was that some of the people who could perform could live anywhere in the world, not just within drivable distance of the Boston area. So, you know, we we kept trying to find ways to stay connected and bridge the isolation and keep the music going and keep building community. And I think that was quite something. But I do feel like everybody was still feeling like life was more one dimensional. And to just be able to hug somebody or look them in the eye, you know, I'm in, in the part of my life where I'm a therapist, never in my entire life have I had so many people calling asking for help as I have from, say, a year ago until now. When the pandemic first started, people didn't want to go on to Zoom and do teletherapy. Um, mm-hmm. So people disappeared. But when once people realized that this was serious, it was taking a huge toll on the mental health of so many people that I started to just become overwhelmed by how many people really needed the help. The the podcast alone, I think, is so uplifting and st- really straightforward and to the point. And mm-hmm. I've got to commend you for it. I, I, I don't know what other word to use. I, I, I think it's wonderful that you're doing that because, you know, we've all felt our own personal dilemmas throughout uh, this god-awful mm-hmm. pandemic. We thought that we were seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, and now, of course, as you said, with the uh, the, the, the COVID or the uh, the Delta variant and, and, you know, not to get too political about it. Some of the so-called leaders in this country uh, still not buying into it and, and, and outlawing mask mandates. And it's just uh, 
Uh, I, I, we well, the whole politicizing future. of it in general uh, has been uh, yeah, has I just know. added to the yeah. problem, regardless of which side of the yeah, aisle you're on, the fact that it I has totally been. I agree. A global you, pandemic that, that the public health issue has no place right. in politics. It's a public Absolutely. health issue that could sadly wipe out, you know, life of the human species if we don't yeah, if, really watch it. If anything, it should be more unifying than divisive. And it hasn't been, mm-hmm. sadly. But, uh, I'm glad you brought out your other works because I wanted to touch on that from the standpoint. Now, you are a uh, what you what you define as a body psychotherapist as well as a life coach. And you have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other things. I don't know what you do in your spare time, but you probably don't do much because you can't have any. But I did want to touch on. <laughs> no, I, how... I actually walk around the neighborhood looking for beauty and take photographs. I've, I've taken so many amazing photographs of nature through all the seasons, 365 days a year. I'm into my second year of it. And it's, it's actually been incredibly amazing and enriching and uplifting to see all I have, the beauty in nature through seasons. I have seen some of the photographs that you have posted. And I, what I wanted to, uh, to, in, to find out from my own personal interest, and hopefully the listeners as well, is how do you take your career in body psychotherapism, if that's a word, as a body psychotherapist, there we go, and music. How do they interrelate? How do you work them how do you work them together? At, at many levels, they're just two sides of the same coin. You know, they both come from the heart, from, you know, just like I write songs from the heart to the heart, and I work with people from the heart to the heart as well. And the live stream I've been doing for so long is a perfect example of the integration of the two because, you know, when, when something touches my heart, that's where music comes from. I'm not the kind of person who'll just sit down and like do, you know, play with something or intellectually generate something. I, you know, something has to touch me and then the music starts to come. And I'm touched by many people who I work with. In fact, one of my newest songs for my 2022 album, which is called New Chapter, was inspired by um, somebody who I've worked with for many years, who's one of my clients and her story. So whatever keeps me close to the heart generates the music and I have the privilege of getting to hear people's stories and hear people's hearts through the work I do as a body psychotherapist so one can say my my creative muse is fueled by the work that I do closely with people and then the music is often a way to transmute or transform pain into gold very interesting and yeah I knew there had to be there was no way you could be both and not have them, you know, kind of intermingled somewhere along the line. And it's, I, I like the way you think and the fact that basically to oversimplify, you take both from the heart and go from there. Now, we've got a mm-hmm. minute or so left here before we let you go. And I want to thank you so much for coming back and seeing us again. Don't stay away so long. But I want to give you a chance <laughs> to tell the folks you've got your live stream. I know I see you on Facebook on a uh, regular basis. Tell the folks mm-hmm. how they can find you, where they can see your live stream, where they can get your music. You know, this is the part where you get to sure. sell yourself and you know that we believe in self-promotion to the fullest here. So go for it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I have a website, lindamarksmusic.com 
And you can get any of my albums, if you believe in physical albums anymore, which I absolutely treasure between the artwork and what's written on them and the ability to have the entire collection that's behind an album concept. You can order any album through my website, all my albums. And at this point, I think I have 10 out, nine or 10 out. You can get on every single digital streaming platform. So pick your favorite in Europe, people like Deezer, Spotify, I do name it. Um, it's my music is on every single platform out there and I make YouTube videos during the pandemic a lot of them have just been at home at the piano so often when I write a new song I just throw it out there for for, for fun the live stream songs from the heart meditations from the heart is at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday I put it on my personal Linda Marks Facebook page and then I share it to a bunch of different groups I have a, an e-newsletter if anyone is interested in subscribing. My email is L as in Linda, S as in Susan, M as in Marks, and then Hart, H-E-A-R-T, so L-S-M-Hart at AOL.com. Pop me an email, and I'm glad to add you to my um, newsletter, which also talks about what I'm doing, and it's a way to, to contact me. If I'm doing shows, I usually post them through through all the different social media channels, and I do have some videos curated onto my personal website in addition to all the stuff I put out on YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And do keep in touch. Do come back and see us again. Everyone, Linda Marks. And here's the tune she mentioned a little earlier. It's called Simply Prayers.
Linda Marks, Prayers, and that's part of a uh, a trilogy, actually, a, a triple album release that she is in the process of conducting. She had one show on uh, August 1st, and she's got some more, uh, some more appearances coming up where she will be promoting her triple release. We also didn't get a chance to mention that you should also look for, if you're in the uh, Northeast, the Rhode Island Folk Festival is coming up the end of the month. I think I don't have the dates right in front of me, but I think it's around the, uh, what, the 25th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, or somewhere along in there. It's right near the end of the month. You can check that out online, and please do check out Linda's website and her other links that she has, especially if you want to hear more of her music, because that's the way to get it, know when it's coming, and how to find it. John Bon Jovial comments between songs here. Oh, well, great having Linda back on with us again. Uh, you know, the few times that we've had her on in the past, it's always been a very enjoyable and insightful conversation. So it, it really was uh, an absolute pleasure to have her back in the fold again. It's been, what, a couple of years or so. Yeah, almost um, to the day. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, her music's always very uplifting. And she and very it's obvious she puts a lot of thought into the lyrics. A lot of heart. Definitely yeah, a lot of heart, a lot of heart. heart. Absolutely. We want to get right on to our next guest because he is standing by, and we have some more great music, which is, we hope, the hallmark of the David Bowers Awards. So we'll roll the next tune right now as we wait to talk to Jangling Sparrows. This is Rain on the Rooftop.
you can relate to that sound. You can almost hear, you can almost feel the rain uh, as it comes down on that song. Very, very, very nicely uh, musically structured because you do get that feeling. So let's talk to Paul, the voice of Jangling Sparrows right now. Hello, Paul. Hey, what's up, man? Same old stuff. You, as always, when you come on the show, you're what's up. How you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Good to have you back on the show again. And uh, great tune. I was, as you probably heard, remarking to John Bon Jovial that uh, you can you can sense the feel of the rain from the music. The way you structured that, it's a it's a great sound. How did how did you come up with that concept? Uh, the the, uh, the song itself was uh, was a uh, one of the few that I actually wrote off off of a drum part. So we were messing around in rehearsal, and uh, my drummer played that beat, and um, mm-hmm. we was we were just like on a bright break, and he was messing around, and he played that beat, and I was like, "That's awesome!" I went home and and just wrote the song. I think like two weeks later, I was like, "Yo, I wrote this song off that beat," and he's like, "I don't know if I remember that beat," but I was like, "Oh, I remember it." Um, <laughs> And so that's that's how that kind of built got built around that. And then uh, for me, it was just like it was easier for me. I, I don't know if it was easier to write the song, but it was easier to think about con- context and content because like the beat itself was like feeding me frame of mind and stuff like that. So that's kind of where right. that came from. I can understand that because, I, as I said, you get the you get the feel from it just listening to it. So I can see where it could inspire you to come up with the uh, with the theme line to it. It's a it's a really nice tune. I like it, and it's from your latest album. Is that correct, Telecoaster? Telecoaster. It's not officially out yet. So um, yeah, this is the second single from um, that. That's kind of up kind of getting on some Spotify playlists and things like that. So uh, you can find it on all the streaming sites. Um, I'm actually taking a break from doing the artwork for the CD right now. Okay. And and I'm not in trouble for mentioning the name of the album before it's released. No, no, that's, that's promotion. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm really careful because I know in this business, uh, as in others, but in this business, there are a lot of times there are embargoes on tunes and various other restrictions and and that uh, apply. And I uh, sometimes we get a tune in here where the artist will give it to us before release, and you know, so we like to be careful. We don't want to step on anybody's toes or uh, break any rules or anything. Glad to be able to help you to promote it. Is there any estimate of when we can look for this album? Uh, what is it? Uh, almost mid-August, I would say, uh, pro- ho- hopefully by early October. Early October. Okay, folks, you'll be watching yeah. for Telecoaster by Jangling Sparrows should be out around, uh, oh, uh, early October or somewhere thereafter. Well, I mean, I would say that it'll be out earlier than that, but it won't be streaming until until early October. Gotcha. Okay, folks, start looking in September. You'll catch it sooner or later. And uh, the group's name is Jangling Sparrow, so you can look them up online. As a matter of fact, we usually give you a couple of moments at the end to uh, do some self-promotion, but since we've already touched on the subject, tell the folks how they can find you, the group, the music, and the and the whole nine yards. Uh, I mean, sh- where can't you find me? Um, I try to drive traffic to the website. It's just janglingsparrows.com. Um, I'm sure it's no shocker, you know, that the streaming sites, they don't pay. <laughs> I have heard and, uh, rumors. You know, as much, 
even if you're buying a single, I'm still going to make a lot more money if you buy it from the website. Um, so if you're interested in anyone interested, just do that first. Um, I do like Spotify for um, the mashups, the mixtapes, the playlists. Oh, gotcha. Because that is the one thing that can get you, like, where, you know, if you've ever listened to, like, a mix on Spotify, and you're like, who is that? That was cool. You know, it'd be like, mm. it'll be like Springsteen or whatever you're listening to, but then something will pop in. So they are good for that. So I just try to look at it like I'm I'm not thinking of those sites as like hopefully I'll get a big check for seven dollars right. in six months you know <laughs> you know yeah I hear but it's like uh, it, it's good to spread the word so that's what I try to use it for but as far as like and you so you can find it on all that stuff Apple Music I think pays better than Spotify but whatever we got to get somebody on here one of these days John Bon Jovial. Uh, from the streaming organizations and uh, discuss the uh, the payment situation and uh, what's going on, who pays the better and why. And, uh, and I think that'd be a great discussion to have on the show one day. But for the moment, I, I think it's the jangling sparrows. And I know you want to get in here and say something, John. So why don't you well, take the mic? Well, I, I, I certainly do. And, Paul, it's great to have you back again. Uh, I, I, you know, just touching a little bit on what we were just discussing uh, I know it's not like the old days where you go down to Tower Records and tapes and, and, and pick up the latest LP and, and, and the artist gets a, a much, much better royalty off of it than they are now. Uh, you know, technology is good for some things, not good for other things. And unfortunately, the music business, I think, has suffered because of it. But I wanted to uh, get back with you on... Uh, jangling sparrows and what you guys have been doing here over the last couple of years or so since we've spoken with you the you know, the the metamorphosis of the band uh where you've been where you are where you're going you know generic questions like that sure uh where do you want me to start i mean i've been spending the last year and a half recording uh this album and uh you know it was with a friend of mine who I had recorded the last record with him and I did some work on a studio. So uh, uh, at least the first 50 or 60 hours was just work trade. I didn't even pay him. This kind of developed slowly because we were taking our time, obviously because COVID, but also since, since we were already taking our time because we were just, you know, being cautious and things like that. I did 12, like 10 or 12 demos and then started recording a couple of them for singles. And then, at that point, I just trashed like half of them and re and wrote like a whole bunch of new songs like while I was recording like the first half I was writing the second half um, and was like yo man I want to re- I come into like I'm supposed to record vocals or guitar for something I'm like yo man I want to put this uh, demo track down and you know for these songs I wrote this this past week and stuff like that and then they just got on the album. So it's a mix of old, older stuff that I've had laying around that I didn't know what, that didn't really have a place yet. If you still think in terms of you know albums and bodies of work, which I do, but also it's like a bunch of new stuff that just kind of kind of like I started thinking about writing because of the process of recording. Um, Amos at Marshall Sound Studios in Marshall, North Carolina. He was great, and it, it became very collaborative, and I was really into it. It was just like he, he would you know come up with ideas and put a keyboard down or mess with something like that whole thing at the end of rain on the rooftop, it goes, you know, that, 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 that skipping guitar that comes in, that comes in after the first chorus, but you don't really notice it until the end. 
But that was him. That was all him. He's like, let's try this. You know, just stuff like that all over the album. Super cool, like, playing and really just experimenting and and just, like, thinking fresh. It's, it's so really it a while. subtle. It's really subtle the way it, like you said, you don't really notice it, but then again, you do kind of subconsciously because it sets the stage. And uh, when I was listening to it, the first time I heard it, I'm all of a sudden thrown back to my childhood, sitting there on a rainy day, looking out the window, wondering why I can't get outside. Of course, that's that's something today's kids wouldn't understand, but we used to go outdoors a lot back in the old days, you know, way back way back before the internet, you know, sitting there in the window and just listening to the rain fall down. And it, it does, by the end of the song, you realize, you know, this is the sound that you've created. It's a, it's a great pictorial song. You've done a, a great job, you and your producer there. And I salute your producer. I didn't catch his name, but uh, I have a, grand, yeah, have a grandson great. down there in the Raleigh area. So I'm a bit familiar with oh. that. What's up? What's up in the immediate future for Jangling Sparrows? Uh, just shows picking up. I mean, uh, since uh, infection rates are going up, I think people are being cautious. But I haven't heard any signs of like closings, any more closings right now. So I've been booking a lot, and I'm just you know looking. To, we're, we're getting back out. We've been playing some really really dialed in shows. Really, that's about it. You rake a record and you just play. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, with the with the situation the way it is now, you got to get out there and do the shows to really make any money because you don't you don't really yeah. set up a retirement fund based off your royalties of playing the music. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that, and uh, I salute you for hanging in there along with all the other artists that have over the uh, last year and a half, and hopefully, uh, even with these breakouts, we've got the Delta, the Lambda variant. Hopefully we can put this all behind us and get back to uh, back to some sort of normal life, not all this cloistering and lockdowns and everything. And I want to thank you for coming in and sharing your story and music with us. We're unfortunately going to cut this a lot a minute or two shorter than usual because the next song of yours we're going to play is uh, six minutes long, and we want to be sure and have time to play the entire song. I thank you so much for joining us here on the show. I'm going to give you Certainly. a quick synopsis of that song. It's called The Feather in the Well, and it's about a couple that can't can't work it out, but at the end, it's sort of like you get, you decide as the listener whether or not they're working it out. But it's like two people that are stuck in a paradigm, and they can't break out of it. So there. I like that. Very well explained. Thank you so much, Paul. Do come back and see us. By all means, keep in touch. Post your music on your news or whatever up on my uh, Facebook uh, groups page, The David Bowers Awards, and we'll take it from there and make sure everybody else on our other site gets to see it. Thank you again, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Absolutely. These are Jangling Sparrows, and this is the tune you just heard about, The Feather in the Well. Do 
Songs for a rainy afternoon. I love it. Jangling Sparrows is what they call the group. We thank Paul for being here with us. We thank both of our guests, Paul from Jangling Sparrows, and of course, Linda Marks, old friend of the family here. Thank you for coming by. Thank you both for being here, sharing your music and your thoughts. We love hearing from you. We love hearing from you, our listeners as well, even though I sometimes get my tongue caught in my eye tooth and can't see what I'm saying. Drop us a line with your comments, criticisms. We take whatever you'd like to say. Uh, you got suggestions for somebody to be on the show. We'd like that too. Our mailing address, email david at thedavidbowers.com. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll hear your comments on the air. We'd be glad to hear from you, John Bon Jovial. Glad to hear from you too, because I think it's time for you to take us home. Yeah, and just very quickly, don't forget we had a new song from Michaela, which was just downright excellent, Absolutely. as everything she does is. So it was nice to hear from her again. Hey, folks, you did it again, and uh, <laughs> what can I say? You spent another perfectly good hour with us, and we sure are grateful for your attendance today and any day that you tune into the David Bowers Awards. It's going to be a good day. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and of course from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. We are available for free on most of the major streaming services and now including the all-new podchaser.com forward slash the David Bowers. Be sure to follow the David Bowers Awards on Blog Talk Radio, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and of course all the other usual places. And join us next week for the David Bowers Awards next Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern on WRFC FM 106.3 in Rochester, New York. That's Rochester Free Radio. And on Blog Talk Radio, Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers and all of the crew of Rejects here at the Radio Ranchero, we are grateful to have you along with us. We're going to see you next week. Hey, that Delta variant still out there. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and we'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards. <laughs>